Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. That's right, this is One Man's Opinion, the podcast that's sweeping the nation, that is reaching more and more people every single day. And I thank all of you for that one very much. Appreciate you guys taking the time, taking time to listen in, even if you're skipping ahead or listening and fast forward, uh, 1.25, 1.5 speed, whatever you get, you crazy kids are doing these days. I can't keep up with all of you. I am Jeff Manns. That's right. This is my podcast. It is uncensored. It is unfiltered. So if you're the kind of person that doesn't like the dirty words, if you are around children or other sensitive people, please do not play this podcast. If you do, put the AirPods in, the noise-canceling headphones, or uh, whatever, or just, you know, you could just be adults and not complain about every single thing that happens. And when I say unfiltered, that means that the show may touch upon things that you don't agree with either uh religious wise politics wise whatever your beliefs are i'm not trying to change your beliefs and who you are i'm just trying to get my opinions out there that's what the name of the show is uh my, by the way jeff man do you hear me weekday afternoon sirius xm fantasy sports radio channel 87 i host a little show called elite sports on that network also host of sirius xm fantasy football pregame show with bob harris Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. All football season long, well, NFL regular season long. You, I am part owner and the chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. We are the largest active fantasy sports community in the world, everybody. That is what we do. And content, every couple minutes, a new piece of content written broadcast, podcast, live stream, video, data. Um, we, we've got just Discord that's going 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, bets, props, sides, totals, daily fantasy sports, seasonal fantasy sports, NHL, NBA, uh, NFL, of course, baseball when it's in season, PGA in season, NASCAR in season. Obviously, we've got esports, so we've got soccer, and we've got just we cover every freaking day. College basketball, college football, still ongoing right now. As a matter of fact, you we still have the hundred dollar rest of year special. Get in now. Everything we do football wise, that's all seasonal rankings and projections every week. The starts, the sits the takeaways and recaps and game scripts and I mean hundreds of articles we do and piece of content that we do for football on the seasonal side, but you also get all things daily fantasy football, including my cash game breakdown and the live stream. And I mean, so many other, the coaching articles every single day, the chat sessions every single day, and then all things betting sides, totals, prop bets, parlays, uh, boosts, everything you could imagine, all of that for $100 rest of the season. There's still 10 weeks of the NFL season. So, you know, close out your championship, win your money back times 10 with DFS and betting. And it's only at fantasyguru.com. If you are a current member over there, we are offering our once a year. Actually, it's twice a year. It's, I think we do it in, uh, I, I, we do it sometime in like either late spring or early summer 
I can't promise that we're going to do it again, though. So I just never know. But we also, the 50% upgrade, still available. 50% off your upgrade to VIP Platinum. VIP Platinum, and you get everything. All of our data, all of the sports, seasonal daily gaming, that's betting, all the Discord access, all the, the vivid picks, all the training camps for baseball, football, the draft guides that we do, the special poker tournaments, um, the, the My Guru automation tool, all the live streams and podcasts and Elite Plus Network. It's all in VIP Platinum. And again, it's the cheapest it'll ever be. So add it to your cart. It's 50% off. If you're not sure about pricing and things like that, just write us an email. Support at fantasyguru.com. Tell them you want the uh, Jeff Bands 50% off VIP Platinum Special. And uh, give yourself a little present this holiday season. All right. You can follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Oh, I'm riding solo today, but I got a lot to bring forth. It's going to be a heavy football episode here today. A little recap from what is the longest week, really, in fantasy football. That's the Thanksgiving week. It doesn't seem to end. You have that the week 11 Monday night football game, and like two days later, it's three games of Thursday, Thanksgiving Day NFL football. Then we have Black Friday game with the Jets and the Dolphins. Then Sunday, we have all those games. And then Monday night, yeah, Sunday night and then Monday night. This fucking week didn't end, man. So uh, I got some thoughts, some recaps on that. We'll look ahead to week number 13. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty, ladies and gentlemen. It is almost that time. You know, week 14 officially begins winner go home season, but uh, I think you should pretty much get ready. Week 13 on out, unless your regular season goes a couple more weeks, it's you have to win every week. Every week now. Now your team has to be set. And I understand this is going to be a tough one because there are thir- there are six teams on by in week 13. Ravens, Bills, Raiders, Giants, Vikings, Bears. So... Yeah, it's going to be another, probably the last big challenge you'll face. Cardinals and and commanders are off in week 14. You know, what are you going to miss? Terry McLaurin? I mean, it's a miss, but it's not as catastrophic as this week possibly could be. So I'll get you through that here as well. Also going to do something special for the One Man's Opinion listeners today. I want to check in with the rookies around the National Football League. I want to check in uh, on, you know, some rookies we remember and know and, you know, C.J. Stroud. Uh, yeah, we all know what he's doing. But there are a lot of other rookies that were drafted in the 2023 NFL draft. And we'll check in with them. Who are the best producers? Who are the most the biggest disappointments? I'm going to go through my preseason, my prospect rankings, I shall say, not my preseason rookie rankings. Although I could do that, too. I don't see why I can't do that, too. I could do that. Uh, I was prepared to just go through my prospect rankings, but I could go through the um, rookie, probably a smarter idea to do it that way. And I just want to like gauge what rookies, uh, you know, what are we learning from this batch of rookie NFL players, specifically at the skill positions. I'll touch on the other positions there as well. So a lot to get to today, folks. Uh, Thanksgiving takeaways, Thanksgiving week. Uh, You know, (sighs) I think that on Monday's Sirius XM show, I don't know, last couple of weeks, I've sounded a little rambunctious, a little too, I guess, cocky is the word, right? I guess that's the word. 
let me get into some things here and, and take you around. So this has been a weird season, a season in which I was immensely prepared for and ready for and put a lot of work into as our whole staff over at fantasyguru.com did. You know, we, we've been, we work on this stuff year round for those who don't know. I mean, there's college football, then there's XFL and USFL this past year. And I mean, our and then NFL draft and free agency. I mean, it, there is just a lot and, you know, it gets us ready for the season. And it was, I went through, I got punched in the dick on Thursday night football, the very first week of the year. What happened to me, here's the way I feel. Since this is my podcast and it's uncensored and filtered, I'm just going to tell you how it, it works for me. Um, I've never felt better. Maybe I've never been happier than I was going into that. Was that September 9th? I mean, I was really I, I fucking, I had this season dead to rights. Uh, September 7th, I think, was the game. Everything was good. What a, We had a tremendous best ball season, drafting and, and, and analyzing, and, you know, coaching breakdowns and offensive lines and the broadcasts and the drafts and, you know, going out and meeting so many, some of you that were at the fantasy football convention at in Canton, Ohio, and like just so many great things happened. And I really felt betrayed. I felt completely betrayed on the first Sunday of the entire season. Right. And it was Kadarius Tony. I was high on Kadarius Tony going in, although, you know, I was high on him compared to others, but I was drafting him in the ninth round and I did draft him in the ninth round. And obviously right off the bat, he wasn't very involved. He's had, he's been a miserable disappointment and he's actually stayed healthy before last week, of course. Right. So like failed on that. But I noticed a fucking change in some of you. Now, I don't worry about trolls. The misconception about me is trolls and haters. I don't worry about those people, right? I've got a guy right now. um, I'm going to say his name because he's heckling me under his Facebook account, which has his name. It's Steve Vaccaro. The guy's name was Skull Crusher in the uh, Fantasy Guru Discord. And then he came back this year, and his, it was like Breadcrumbs was his nickname, a different nickname. and But, you know, we know all that stuff and, and whatever. Now he's on every Facebook post of SiriusXM and heckling me or whatever. Okay, whatever. I don't mind. I don't have any problem with it. No problem. It's the people that were begging for information, begging to do drafts with me, begging for, you know, what update this ranking. What do you think about this player? All this, all this assistance to change like that. And a fucking drop of a hat first game into the season. Right. That really fucking hurt. You know, that, that, that was like, wow, I get it. I've been in this industry a long time. I know there's no real, uh, um, what's the word, patronage or, um, you know, it's what have you done for me lately? I get that, you know, and I understand that deal. I really do. But what happens, it's even some of my most ardent supporters and people who have frequented 
you know, been with us at Fantasy Guru a long time, listened to my radio show a long time. And it's like those people, when they go fucking crazy, that's the one that gets me. Like, wow. You know, you thought it's like, you know, at, at two brute. It's like your brother stabbing you in the back. It's very odd to see. And I've never experienced a year. I don't think any of us, all of you are in the same boat. I guarantee you guys have faced something similar in your regular lives. Family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, who knows? People have gotten shitty. Like real shit. And I it's wild to me. And you know, at times this year I've I've been really wanting people to lose. Like, and that does, that's not normal. I've never felt that way. I don't like feeling that way. I don't like going down that road. I stop myself, you know, and I have to reason with myself years of therapy and, and, you know, getting my mind right has helped me in that regard. Like I realize that I'm I don't, I don't want to be the guy who roots against people. I want to root for myself. I want to root for my friends, family, supporters, uh, all of my subscribers. I want to root for you. But when you're an asshole to the highest order for no reason, then it's hard to do so. So what happened this week and, and the reason I've been pretty fucking cocky the last couple of weeks is because I'm back, motherfuckers. You guys, some of you, even again, I, I see it in our fantasy guru like Discord. It's fucking hilarious to me. Yeah, the betting people specifically, I had, a, I had a really down. I went and did an audit. I was, I said this on the XM show, whipped through it for podcast folks. Uh, 13 and 18, the first two weeks of the season, I was down 2.3 units. Um, that week, now I was two and oh, the first two weeks of the DFS season, weeks three, four, five, six, three through six, it was a very profitable time. It was 32 and 24, up 6.95 units overall. Okay, you know, we're onward and upward, we're, we're looking good at that point. I was also, uh, at that point, four and two in DFS. Well, what the fuck happens, right? Week seven through nine, I fucking got murdered 15 and 30 minus 14.2 units. That's an insane number. All right. And Oh, and two, I'm sorry. One and two in, uh, in DFS. All right. And it's like, all right, at that point I'm sitting there, you know, I think I was four and four after week eight. I did win finally in week nine and it was like, all right, you know, in DFS, I'm talking about. And it was like, oh, shit. And I noticed, man, some of you motherfuckers turned on me. And listen, I don't blame you when somebody's 15 and 30 over three weeks and down 14 units to slide away from the bets and stuff. But you don't have to be, again, you don't have to be an asshole about it. Some of you, a lot of you weren't. But there's are some of you who were assholes. That's fine. That shit motivates me, bro fucking motivates me man i'm more competitive with myself than i am anything and i i love people doubting me it fucking arouses me dude i really like it and like you but i have that thing where i don't like i then shove it right in your fucking mouth you know like i shove it right down your fucking throat and that's how i feel right now because i've been fucking fire 
for three weeks, weeks 10, 11, and now 12, 49 and 31, up 8.3 units. Uh, and uh, those three weeks, three now in DFS, won the last four weeks in DFS straight, including three of four weeks in both cash and GPP. When I say one in DFS, that means cash games because that's how I measure. And I've won three of four weeks in DFS even. I, I mean, I'm sorry, tournaments even, which is just fuck crazy. All right. It's just been a hot streak. And now I look back on those people that gave me such a rough time. I say, fuck you. Eat shit, bitches. You fucking doubted me. You doubt my content. You doubt my fucking plays. You doubt fucking Najee or Javante. Devont- or you doubt Rashi Rice, right? You, you doubt these fucking plays. You doubt fucking Kyron Williams that I gave you preseason, Right, you doubt when I say Stroud over Bryce Young, you fight me on that motherfucker. Right, you fight me on that. You fight me on fucking DJ Moore. You, you, you know the, argue, the arguing to fight to Brian Robinson, right? DeAndre Swift, people that I was higher on than the f- entire motherfucking world that I had to battle. People, I say Jaden Reed never in doubts so, of know about Jaden Reed. Oh, he's wide receiver 21 now in fantasy football. Yeah, fuck off. You didn't take my advice because I had a couple bad weeks. You doubted me? You motherfuckers. Yeah, fuck off. That's what I got to say to you. I love it. Keep doubting, right? The people that ride with me and my content, we're fucking making money. You see it. You see it. It's in Discord. It's everywhere. It's on social media. It's a fucking, I get tagged on Instagram. I don't even go on Instagram hardly. It's Facebook messages, Twitter, right? And I got to tell you, <laughs> while everybody was busy burying my ass, I just went in the lab. I just got, I figured it out. Wasn't easy. I've had to change my betting strategy quite a bit. I changed nothing in DFS. I, I kept with it in DFS. I changed the betting side. Stayed with the program as I always do with with uh, seasonal. Stayed on some players. You know, made our adjustments in seasonal. It's a mix of both because you can't. Unlike betting in DFS, betting in DFS, you could do. And that's the great thing about even if you've been in a hole, even if you've been down, you can still climb out because you there is endless opportunity in those activities. Endless. You control everything about it in seasonal. You can say, well. I didn't draft Tyree Kill. I didn't draft Keenan Allen. Whoopsie day or McCaffrey. Whoops, I'm fucked. You know, there's there's some of that. But in DFS and betting, no. So that's why I've been a little more cocky. That's why I, I've been getting on the Monday show. And I could tell, I you know, I try not to, but I can't help it. Because I'm saying these things, I'm going through our wins, and I'm feeling it, and I'm I'm – there was a moment in the the Discord. Even there was a there were guys in our own Discord of Fancy Guru that were bitching. The guy said he was uh, I'm three and nine in cash game. It was two fifteen. I'm sorry, two twenty five my time. They had and that's four twenty five Eastern. They had just kicked off the Bills Eagles game. I mean, it was the first drive. The guy three and nine. Now, what does that tell you? He's saying he lost three or one three and one. 
lost nine times. This is a notorious guy who bitches all the time. Fine. No problem. But three and nine is 12 weeks. We had just started the afternoon games where, you know, we had a lot of good players at our disposal, including massive, you know, Kincaid, two of the four core four Hertz, Kincaid. We had Rasheed Rice in that, you know, in the late games. Right. I mean, we had a lot going still. So how the fuck the guy had already decided he lost and was already complaining about loss that he hadn't even suffered yet. Long story short, he didn't lose. He wound up having a, a winning week. But when I told people in the chats, all right, because what happens is in these chats is it becomes a culture, and I'm I weed out the culture. I right, don't don't sign up at Fantasy Guru to be a negative asshole. It's not going to work. There are rooms in the Discord where it could work, and you can go and bitch. I'll, I'll but it's not going to be a part of my sphere. It's not happening, right? There is nobody to complain to. I'm the emperor and czar and owner, and there's not a fu- motherfucking person that can do anything. If I want you out, you go. So, and all you have to do is just be a normal person. If we have a bad week, say you had a bad week, shit. How can we get better? But don't lie and don't try to riot people because I'll knock that shit right down. And that's what I do. And that's what I did on Sunday a little bit, including a bunch. You know, there had a handful of people complaining. I go, what are you? Com- How? Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, Jalen Hurts, Kincaid. What in the? F- Rasheed Rice. What the fuck are you talking about, man? And what do they do? Oh. They show. They tell me their lineup. They show me a lineup. None of the core four. None of my guy. Eventually, it comes out. Oh, I'm not a DFS subscriber. Holy shit! And you're still motherfucking blaming me. That was unbelievable. Unfucking believable. But I'm not gonna handle that. In my or I'm not gonna deal with that. In my dojo. It's it's unbelievable. You. But if you want a two percent or a one percent owned Pat Fryermuth. If you want a 5% Rasheed Rice, you want that kind of shit. You want to hit fucking three, 14 parlays. Come over to Fantasy Guru. Get the fuck in the man's cave. Because that's what I'm doing. I don't know about y'all. And even some of our guys with their fucking boosts and the fucking all this ancillary bullshit that some of our people want to bet. Listen, if you're happy, I'm happy. I just don't like people complaining or blaming me when you're betting recommended bets that you know are fabrications. If you want to win, we're going to win. I mean, it's happening. You want to bitch and complain the moment something goes wrong. If you want to bitch before any outcomes are determined, I'm not going to be your guy. Other takeaways from the week. Um, Listen, the Jets starting Tim Boyle. Fucking hilarious. That's the worst quarterback I've ever seen. I honestly, it's Henry Burris, Jonathan Quinn. Like I was going through a mental note of just the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen play. And they're right up there. And and Tim Boyle was right up there. And Aaron Rodgers, in case you guys haven't read the news this week or heard him, he is now backing off of coming back this week. What a shocker. No shit, asshole. Oh, shit, you're not coming back. 
There was no way you're coming back, you dumb fuck. This motherfucker thought well, he he thought, listen, Jets are four and seven. If they're seven and four, are let's say they're seven and four, it would have to be Zach Wilson leading them, right? Do you think they're gonna sit Zach Wilson at seven and four? No fucking way. This is what I'm telling everybody. Nobody sees it. Nobody sees it. If they were firmly in the playoffs, in second place in the division, a game behind Miami for the uh, division, if they were, you know, uh, I think that would be the five or six seed in the AFC, they wouldn't be. They wouldn't be fucking around with pushing Rodgers back. No way. And if they weren't, if they're four and seven or three and eight then there's no reason to rush them back anyway. Both ways was never fucking happening. The, the whole thing was just a ruse, and I fucking hate liars. Other takeaways. The Bears, I posed a question, one of the good conversations we had in the man's cave during the Monday Night Football game. I, I asked people, what would you do if you're the Chicago Bears? You have the first, let's assume it plays out the way it does. Although I've been a Bears fan long enough, I know damn well, damn well that the somehow Carolina firing Frank Reich, that that is not going to wind up. That's They're going to win some fucking games somehow. I know it. There's no way the Bears get the number one pick two years in a row. And just as I thought, that was a terrible win. By them, they're not tied with Washington and New York, right? In there, they're actually like technically, depending on what you know, the Jets, Chargers, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, all four win teams. Like they're all right in that. The Bears could drop out of the top ten, dude, with their own pick. Right now, they got one and four. But I said, what would you do? You, you want to be an NFL GM? Put your big boy and girl pants on. What What do you do? Do you keep Justin Fields? You would obviously offer him the fifth round tender or fifth year tender, um, fifth year option. I mean, and uh, give him that. Then you know he'd have to play for it, right? And then I mean that's that's the thing. You have to. You know, I pose the question: Would you keep Fields or would you trade him? and spend the first and fourth on a quarterback and another player. Like, what would you do? And the thing with Fields is if you extend him, offer the fifth-year option, that way you know and his agent knows that the Bears will have two more years before they'd actually have to sign him to a big contract, 2024 and 2025. At that point, I, I, you know, at that point, you just do it. Or you, you reset the clock, go back to year one on Caleb Williams or Drake May. What would you guys do? Hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans because I'm very interested. I, I mean, quite honestly, there's not really a wrong answer. You know, the wrong answer is drafting Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. There's your... That's the wrong answer. So I, I decided three or four or five weeks ago, I was more inclined 
to just reset the clock, get rid of fields, you know, uh, trade him, get another first, probably get two picks, a first and likely a future second from somebody who knows Tampa Bay, um, Washington, the technically the Jets, Tennessee, Patriots, of course, all teams that need quarterbacks, they could decide, hey, I want the, the veteran over trying to figure out whether Kayla Williams wants to go here or not. But I've changed my opinion. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm keeping Justin Fields now. It's not an easy decision, but like I said, you offer the fourth year, he has to play no matter what. Fifth year, you extend him the offer. Then you have to re-sign him. In which which case, if he doesn't improve and the team doesn't win, Eberflus is gone anyway. And quite honestly, at that point, Virginia McCaskey, who's 100 years old, literally 100. I'm not like saying she's old. No, she's 100, the owner of the Bears. 100 fucking years old. Who knows what happens with her? The team is moving to Arlington Heights, which is a northern suburb. Like the whole thing is going to be different in two, in, by the time you have to actually start paying them, which would be three years from now. I say do it and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. first overall. DJ Moore, Marvin Harrison, and use that fourth pick to get that uh, Fashanu. I never know how to pronounce his name from Penn State or even the uh, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, a left tackle, or even I don't mind Kool-Aid McKinstry, the cornerback, a lockdown type corner. But you have DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. And you got Cole Komet. That's a pretty, that's a really good offense. There's so many running backs available and the bears will have a ton of money mind you right they are going to have an absolute ton of money um there's so many running backs think of the running backs next year austin eckler josh jacobs uh derrick henry you know veteran guys um tony pollard and saquon technically eckler i mentioned there's a lot of good DeAndre Swift. Uh, you just a ton of options for you at the running back position. You know, veterans that will get cut because other teams want to pay down. You know, you get a one or two year deal on a, an aging veteran, but a, a reliable running back. Somebody, you know, Aaron Jones or somebody who gets a cap casualty, a Joe Mixon, who's in that mix as well. Like all of a sudden, this offense now you've got a third, you know, a quarterback in his fourth season with Justin Fields' mobility, with all those weapons around you. It's very Brock Purdy esque. Now all of a sudden, you're starting to build something around a guy who's already been. So that's the way I would do it. All right. I don't hate the Caleb idea. Don't hate it. But, you know, these are the decisions, by the way, that I'm going to talk about on today's show because it's. These this face us every day in dynasty fantasy football, dynasty leagues. This is we have we come to these points, and what do we do? One of the biggest. This is why I get so pissed off during the early summer months that people are doing their rookie drafts because, as I'll illustrate today, we pick terrible players. Right? I mean, we just pick terrible players. Kyle Pitts a few years ago. Now, I've been on Kyle Pitts and DFS this year and even a little last year because he's underrated. But the only reason he's underrated 
is because everybody overrated him. He was the number one pick. Somebody picked a tight end. Not somebody. Most people picked Kyle Pitts as the number one prospect. I'm sorry, the number one um, player in dynasty leagues. You know what I'm saying? And you know how fucking stupid that is? Seriously, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle were in that fucking draft class. Trevor Lawrence was in the draft class. Fields was in that fucking draft class. Right? Najee Harris, who, again, is a stud, was in that draft class. Javante would have been a better pick in that same draft class. It's it's fucking terrible. They're bad picks. But it, it just gets glossed over. And, again, that's what's not happening in Carolina. Right? Carolina, fire Frank Reich, second, first coach in history to be fired midseason in, on two different teams, back-to-back years. That's crazy, dude. You have to be some sort of shitty. And then the owner, David Tepper, came out the other day and says, well, we were all on board. It's ultimately my call, but we were all like Bryce Young. We all love Bryce. Yeah, because now yeah, But that was the most, I'm glad for my ex-wife. I'm glad she... She's dating Enrique, her yoga instructor. I'm sure they're very happy. Yeah, Sure you are, you lying piece of shit. You know you're not happy. Jealous as a motherfucker. C.J. Stroud should have been picked. And by the way, again, my rankings had C.J. Stroud as number one quarterback, number two player in this year's draft. I had Bijan ahead of him, right? So I'm, I'm stand by it, totally fine. Analysis was, but I didn't have Bryce Young. He was my third quarterback. And I struggled with that, even making him third. I was hoping there was something I was missing, and there wasn't. I knew it in training camp. That's why I was nowhere near him in any kind of redraft or dynasty form. I was nowhere near him. Any team, not even like a share, some analysts say, no, I have none. And I I was not close ever to doing so. That when you make those type of decisions in which the Bears are up against, you ruin your teams and you set them back for long periods of time. All right. So in that spirit, let's let's do a little NFL rookie check-in. Let's talk about the rookies here in 2023. All right. Obviously, we know the guys at the top, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, uh, you know, Will Anderson. I mean, what's Will Anderson done? Not much. He's three sacks. You know, he, he missed some time. Was in and out of the lineup, played sparingly. Starts has started to come on as of late. Anthony Richardson looked very good. I mean, this dude had what, three rush, four rushing touchdowns, something like that. First four weeks of the season. Couldn't throw for shit. But, I mean, you could tell that Richardson in – Shane Steichen's offense, which is a mirror of what Philadelphia does with Jalen Hurts. Now, Richardson's not going to be Jalen Hurts, but that's the role he's going to play, and that's a lot of fantasy appeal. Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon is a lot of of hype. I did not like to pick a University of Illinois kid, but he's played well. You know, um, he's got the pick six. He's got three sacks. They like to blitz him. He's an aggressive corner. Second year in a row, CL's had good-looking rookie corner, and then they take a step back the next year. So we'll see 
Paris Johnson uh, in Arizona, Tyree Wilson and Tyree Wilson. That's another one. Tyree Wilson. Will Anderson's look good. Tyree Wilson has not one and a half sacks this season. That's a guy I expected more from. B. John Robinson's been spectacular despite Arthur Smith's bitching and or holding him back. I should say Arthur Smith's holding him back. The fantasy community's bitching about him. Jalen Carter at nine is a, the steal of fucking steals. Dude is two block kicks, six tackles for loss, four sacks. Like, come on, man. Guys fucking just a wrecking crew. And all of these pussy teams in front, the Cardinals, the Bears, the Lions, all had picks, all could have pulled the trigger and didn't. Bunch of fucking cucks. The Bears, Darnell Wright. Mm-hmm. Darnell Wright's fine. Darnell Wright was a pick when we they made it. You're like, all right, he's not. Nothing wrong with Darnell Wright. But were there better players? And that's the thing. Ultimately, with the Bears, you have to you have to build it the right way. You know, you have to be able to say, "All right, that pick wasn't in vain. We're going to make it count, and this is going to be our starting um, left tackle for when we are championship caliber team." I know he's on the right side right now, but. You know, ideally, you want Darnell right. Even if he's your starting right tackle, it's fine. But you're not getting that at this point in time, right? You're just not getting that level of production from Darnell Wright. Not a bad pick, not a great pick. It's just sort of there. And you hope and you pray, if you're a Bears fan or Justin Fields fan, that it gets better with time, right? That's what you hope for. I think the the foundation is is solid with him. Peter Skaronsky, he had a lot more hype than Wright, and um, been hurt, missed time, obviously. Uh, and you know, Skaronsky, I'd say his jury's still out. Twelfth pick, Jameer Gibbs, he's been phenomenal as of late, but took a long time. Let's face it, he's still. Splitting time with David Robinson. He's still just part of a, I I will never, as far as, there are two types of people in this world. One that that can win fantasy football championships and the other cannot. And those people are the ones that think drafting Jameer Gibbs was a smart move. Because I see it in fantasy. You trade all your players from one woo better player, not realizing the impact it has at other positions. See it every day, every every fucking day. It was nothing wrong with Shamir Gibbs. And I've said that this entire time, but it's a pick that should not have been made. That Lions defense has real problems. You already had DeAndre Swift. It was idiotic to trade down to do that. But they got Sam Laporte. You still could have got that pick. Fucking, fucking, if you want a third pick, in the four in the second round, you could have made it regardless of that deal. Well, we wouldn't have got Jack Campbell. Well, you technically could have. He was not on a lot of teams' radar, right? Could have traded out into that 23 through 30 area and still got Jack Campbell. Still could have got the guys if those were your ones. 
Lucas Van Ness, blah. Not a great pick from Green Bay at 13. Broderick Jones, Steelers, blah. It is solid, but that offensive line, is he has not brought it together. Will McDonald had a farm, blah, from the Jets. Emmanuel Forbes has been dog shit. Absolutely the worst corner in the league. 16th pick. Christian Gonzalez gets hurt, but he was playing well early. That was a big loss for the Patriots defense. Jack Campbell, we've talked about, um, has flashes. Campbell's going to be good. Kalijah Cansey, eh, okay. Been solid, I suppose, before injury. Jackson Smith and Jigba, don't understand why this pick was made. Don't get it. Quentin Johnston, horrific. Zay Flowers at 22, great pick. Leading receiver on the Ravens. He's the only receiver they really have. Jordan Addison has been a great find for the Vikings offense at 23, even though Monday Night Football, the motherfucker doesn't know how where the out-of-bounds is. Like, how do you not know? Deontay Banks has had a rough rookie season. Most corners do. We've picked on him, and we've been we've smoking him. Dalton Kincaid, very slow start. But when once Dawson Knox has been out, he's been one of the best receivers, the most important receivers in, on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Mozzie Smith, um, I, just, I don't even think he plays. He plays, but very little and uh, not not a massive impact that you would have expected a uh, 26th overall. Anton Harrison, same same exact thing. You know, not that offensive line losing Cam Robinson, by the way. Jacksonville Jaguars lost Cam Robinson, their, their left tackle. That's, uh, that's going to be a real issue for them. It's going to be issue for Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, Travis Etienne as well. So, um, you know, I, I don't think they're moving Harrison over to the left side. I think they're going to use their second round pick from a few years ago. Walker little in on the left side. You know, again, it's going to play down the entire O line. Miles Murphy, Brian Breeze, uh, Nolan Smith. And expect more on Old Smith, Felix Duque Ozoma, uh, another overrated man. Kansas City sucks. They really suck at drafting last in those first rounds. That's your first round. So those are my takeaways. Let's look at it from a fantasy perspective, though, shall we? Um, top producers at quarterback. Well, duh. There's one fucking CJ Stroud. He's the number one player in fantasy football from a rookie standpoint. Right. And he was the number two overall pick. Bryce Young's the second. Anthony Richardson's the third best rookie quarterback, and he's only played four games. Tommy DeVito's technically played five games. He's been he played six, five games. He's played a bulk of and he's still behind Richardson. This tells you all you need to know. He's fourth. Will Levis? Will Levis has looked pretty good, though. He, six to two touch at interception radio ratio, eighty-eight point two. Uh, quarterback rating. Remember Bryce Young's quarterback rating, 74.9. Tommy DeVito, 92.4. 100.8 for Stroud. So, like, Levis has looked good. Levis has been good. He was my second quarterback. Stroud, Levis, Bryce Young, my top three. Then you got Aiden O'Connell, uh, O'Connell Tyson Bajant, <laughs> guy off the scrap heap. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Clayton Toon. Those are your top nine 
producers at the quarterback position with Bryce Young, or I'm sorry, CJ Stroud, obviously being the number one player. Bryce Young is 13th highest scoring. Remember, quarterbacks have a sizable advantage. Second best player in the NFL draft. He's a name that you all know, but do you remain? Are you smart enough or not? Do you remember long enough? Because the guy hasn't produced quality points in quite a while. Puka Nakoa, last pick of the fifth round. He's the he is the second most fantasy points right now, one eighty four point five, and most of that was just an unbelievable first four weeks of the season when Cooper Cup was out. Puka's produced one plus outing since, and he's getting a big pass. It's one of those plays that I think is most dangerous to fantasy owners is when a player produces that high and you think in your mind, oh, I've got a league winner here. Boom. I'm good to go. This guy's going to keep producing. It's going to be great. And you fail to take him out of the lineup. Like Puka Nakoa should never have been thought of as a league winning player. He was a first four week slam bang star it's got 172 yards and 15 catches in his last four games it's that's wide receiver 45 right nothing about the last month of the season suggests puka nakoa should be starting for us but it's got second best rookie the, the third best rookie numbers is the exact opposite of puka didn't do jack shit his first th- three, four weeks. He's done everything lately. It's Tank Dell. Tank Dell's been a fucking star. Obviously, has a lot to do with his quarterback and the connection thereof. But it's an amazing story. It's, you know, it's, I think that something I haven't mentioned is enough, at least, is the fact that, um, fact that Tank Dell and CJ Stroud have a really big connection and it, it's a personal connection, friends on and off the field, right? This wasn't a guy that was highly thought of, wasn't a, a guy who's highly recruited, right? When he went in the third round, remember everybody said Nathaniel Dell, like who the fuck is Nate Dell? Oh, Tank Dell. All right. Like a little early, they must know something, must have something on them. Fast, maybe a great kick returner for the the Texans, but it's been an unbelievable find. And again, a guy who's going to pass Puka Nakoa up in probably two weeks' time. And uh, him and Stroud, just a great rookie connection. Jordan Addison, uh, number four on this list, 164.8 points, just behind Tank Dell. Dell actually just passed him. This past week, of course, Addison, if he caught that 60 yarder, we don't have to worry about it. First round pick, you know, what happens? I think Addison would have been number two on the overall rookie list had Kirk Cousins not gone down. But that was also benefiting massively from Justin Jefferson going down and him stepping up. So it's been sort of a, I think it has evened out for him, right? 54 catches, 686 yards, you know. About what you'd expect, but the seven touchdowns have been a huge plus for Jordan Addison's fantasy appeal. The fifth best 
rookie of this year is the first running back. It's B. John Robinson. That's right. B. John Robinson has three more points going into week 13 than Jameer Gibbs. 158.3. Jameer Gibbs right behind him at 155.4. Obviously, these are both first-round running backs producing, producing good numbers. I think that's an unfair thing. People are bitching about the return of Bijan. I think some folks just want to beat their chest about Jameer Gibbs and they don't realize, oh, Bijan has more points. But at the same time, like you're getting good return. Bijan's what a running back nine overall. Jameer Gibbs running back 10. They're both doing exactly what you'd want. Gibbs missed the game. However, he also um has been without, you know, David Montgomery missed a lot of time, which led to his big breakout. So again, he's right where he needs to be. Speaking of Jameer Gibbs, his teammate, Sam Laporta, seven, 142.9 fantasy points. Again, Laporta was a mild surprise to be the third pick of the second round in that draft. There was some folks, you know, had Michael Mayer higher on their board you know, at the tight end position, wondered about it. Iowa tight ends have been very hit or miss. Uh, obviously, some good ones with George Kittle, but also Noah Fant. Don't forget that, right? But Laporta's been amazing. Now, he's slowed down a little bit lately, right? We can't – got a touchdown last week, but his his last three weeks, five, five, and eight targets, four, three, and five, 40, 18, and 47 yards. And they're playing Chargers, Bears, Packers. Those are not great matchups. So he's you could see Sam Laporta slowing down, still the seventh best rookie. Zay Flowers, eight. I'm very pleased with Zay Flowers. I was not a fan of them drafting him in the first round. I stand by it. Too diminutive. As good as he is after the catch, this is just not the offense for him. He's not doing much after the catch. I mean, he's a good portion of his yards are after the catch. However, He's not breaking big-ass plays out of it. 613 yards on 58 catches? That's not what you thought Zay Flowers was going to be. Did you? 10.6 yards per catch? Come on. No fucking way. No fucking way. 56% catch rate even. Eh. But, you know, a solid. For where we drafted him, I say the return is very fair. Ninth best rookie I want you guys to think who's the ninth best rookie from a fantasy standpoint could be a quarterback, running back receiver or tight end. I'm going to give you like 30 seconds while I just like talk aimlessly about nonsense here for you to guess the ninth best 11 fewer points than Zay flowers. It's not a quarterback. It's not a tight end. It's not a running back. It's another receiver. Did you get it? I don't think you got it. I don't think anybody got it. Jaden Reed, wide receiver, Green Bay Packers. I've been telling you about him for a month. Jaden Reed is not, has not, was not whatsoever on my radar. Just was not that guy. Never talked him up. Uh, let me look at my wide receiver rankings over fantasyguru.com. Jaden Reed did not have him in the top 10 at the position. I'll go over who I had where 
in a moment. Did not have him there. Green Bay, when you, you know, coming into the season, you thought, all right, what is Jaden Reed? Him going to second round to me was insane. Was it second or third? Actually, now that I think about it, it might have been third round pick. I was stunned by it and did not think he'd get much on the field. But he has, and he's become Jordan Love's favorite target. There's no question about it. That is just what's happening. And he's the ninth. He's not, like, overall, at the wide receiver position, Jaden Reed is wide receiver, I think, 33 this, yeah, 33 going into this week. Pretty fucking good. And the ninth best overall player, fifth best wide receiver in this rookie class. That's saying something. That's pretty good production from rookies at wideout. But you notice, right, we had a fifth rounder, a third rounder, a first rounder, a first rounder, second rounder, kind of all over the place with the production. Two first rounders at five and six overall for the running back. Or some early rounder picks, but, you know, I think Tink Dell and Puka give late round hope for us. The 10th best player is also a receiver. This is the one I bet some of you guessed. Had a big game last week. My boy, Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice, just five points behind Jaden Reed this season. 10th best overall for a rookie. I love him. And, you know, I'll tell you guys a little insider secret. If you listen to the SiriusXM show, SiriusXM went through and they, they have like, social media department and all the, they have a whole executive team that just goes through now. And they're like pinpointing what their hosts, what content they have essentially. And with these players, the NFL, they went through like who said what and who did what and who was on what players and thing. And they uncovered uh, uncovered. I mean, I know I said it, but me saying, I would never draft Bryce Young first. CJ Stroud would be the first overall player, uh, first overall pick on in the NFL draft. They have me clearly stating and saying that over and over. And they also have me talking up Rasheed Rice. A soundbite I believe you'll hear soon is something I said, you know, next three years, Rasheed Rice will catch more touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes than any player. And that's important because of dynasty leagues. Right. And Dynasty League, like that's a huge get. And he was definitely not a guy that was on people's radar. I got Rishi Rice in the second round of a 16 team draft this past summer. And I, I absolutely adore that pick. I love it. 11th most points, Josh Downs. He's 10 below Rice. Had a pretty good start. I feel like Josh Downs is very overrated. A lot of hype on him last week, and I really didn't get it. Like, I I get it. It was against Tampa. The matchup was good. But I just, like, Downs is, it, Downs is like, I don't know, Christian Watson, Jalen Hyatt, you know, one of the, one of the Rondale Moore. To me, that's the kind of player he is, boom or bust. I didn't, I don't want a high-owned Josh Downs. And DFS, right? He's my third receiver with my flex option on a weekly basis. So he's 11 and 12, Dalton Kincaid. Notice the big difference. It's a 30-point difference. 
from Laporta to Kincaid. And there are a lot of folks talking up Kincaid. Kincaid's only been great because of Dawson Knox's injury. Before that, he had done dog shit. He was a complete and utter failure. 12th most points for him. 13th goes back to Bryce Young. I said that before. 14th, Betcha wondered where this guy was because he could have been first or second, I should say. No one was going to beat C.J. Stroud. Could have been second. Devon Achan. Devon Achan played five fucking games. Is the 14th most score. He's 103 points. He's got 10 less points than Dalton Kincaid. He's got two less points than Bryce Young. Holy shit. Now that's talent. Bryce Young played 10 games. He didn't, he did not play that Seattle game. 10 games, 105.18 points, 10 points a game. Devon Achan, meanwhile, played five fucking games, got hurt in one of them, averaging 20.6 points, 103.2 for Achan. Now you, the thing is, and I'm very proud of that too. Because I despised the pick of Devon Achan. I hated them making that pick. I, I didn't understand it whatsoever until we got into the third round, one of the first running backs off the board. Did not get it. But started making sense. Training camp happened over the summer. Those who read the draft guide to fantasyguru.com know Devon Achan become a, became a guy that I was advocating and stomping for because he had immense speed. And that's what this dolphin offense was about. And Tyree kill Jalen Wall are going to clear out a lot of room for him. And we, we saw that I was appalled. I like the first two weeks of the year after talking HN up the whole time, I was appalled because he was hurt in week one and did nothing in week two. I think it was a Ackman, I believe played ahead of him against the Patriots in that game. And then, of course, you know, 200 yards, four touchdowns against the fucking Broncos and 100 yards against the Bills, crushed the Giants. Now, one thing we could tell about those three matchups right there was, uh, yeah, pretty easy matchups. But, I mean, think of what he would have done against Carolina in week six. Like, holy shit, what a great matchup that was. Right? He'll be back, and hopefully he helps us close some championships. Still, player 14. 15th, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I wasn't on him. I'm still not on him as long as Tyler Lockett's healthy. When Lockett goes down, I like it. Does have 406 yards, though. It's that's And two touchdowns. Better than I thought. Still only 90.6 fantasy points. So there you go. I mean, some disappointments on this list, no question about it. Um, you look at Quentin Johnston, Mike Williams went down and that's exactly what they drafted. They drafted Quentin Johnston for that role. He's the 17th highest scoring receiver. That's fucking there. Trey Tucker has 10 or 16 less points than Quentin Johnston. Jake Bobo has more points than him. Jalen Hyatt, Dontavian Wicks, Trey freaking Palmer has more points than Quentin Johnson. Massive disappointment. Um, Charbonnet. Now he's just finally getting a job. The running back leaders, you may be interested in B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Devon A. Chan, Tajay Spears is fourth. Jaleel McLaughlin has the fifth most fantasy points. Remember when everyone thought McLaughlin took over for Javante? 
You fuckers. So these are the people that I'm like, you fuckers. You need your hand on the fire. You deserve to be burnt by that, you sons of bitches. Fucking getting away with that scot-free bullshit. Roshan Johnson, sixth. Mm, disappointing. Charbonnet, seventh. Keaton Mitchell, eighth. Amari DiMarcado, ninth. Kendra Miller, tenth. Oh, running back sucked. Tank Bigsby, 11th. Tank Bigsby has 18 total points. Got passed by Dearness Johnson this week. Garbage. Receivers, other notables besides Njigba, who's 8th at receiver. Michael Wilson, 9th. Amiri Douglas, 10th. Trey Palmer, Donatavian Wicks, 12th. Jonathan Mingo, 13th. Jonathan Mingo has 57. He has more targets than Rasheed Rice. Right? But he's also got 16 less catches. Fucking crazy. 16 less catches, almost 250 less yards. And obviously, fuck, 126 to 56, 75-ish points less. Wow. Still 13th. So there you go. Um, Luke Musgrave, Michael Mayer, Luke Schoonmaker, Josh Wiley, Tucker Kraft, Will Mallory, Brenton Strange, Darnell Washington, your leaders at the tight end. Position. I'll go through. I promise you, I'd go through what my rankings were. Uh, quarterbacks. Again, all this is on fantasyguru.com. I'd Stroud, Levis, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, fourth. Be interesting to see because Hooker was a great pick by the Lions, but Jared Goff played his ass off. So It'll take an injury there. Anthony Richardson, I had five. So I was, I was lower than most. And I think that was in hindsight, I should have had Richardson third. Or second, obviously, behind Stroud, right? And I'm okay with that. Tanner McKee, Max Dugan, we haven't heard any of these guys. Clayton 2 ninth, Aiden O'Connell 10th. That's pretty good to get. I had some really low-end quarterbacks in my top 10. Proud of that. Bijan Robinson at running back was my number one. Charbonnet 2, Israel Abanacanda. And I think they cut Michael Carter to get Abanacanda on. That, to me, tells me that the Jets really love this fucking kid, and it's getting hard to keep him off the field. I had Jameer Gibbs behind Abanacanda. Now, I did not have Gibbs behind Abanacanda for fantasy purposes. Just these were my prospect, not in fantasy terms, mind you. These were pure prospect. Dwayne McBride has not got off the practice squad in Minnesota. I'm stunned by that. A-Chan, Tajay Spears, Kendra Miller, Eric Ray, Tink Bigsby, my other uh, top 10 running backs, receivers. My number one has just made a name for himself now, Cedric Tillman. He had, again, why did they trade Donovan Peoples-Jones? Cedric Tillman would have had a touchdown last week if Elijah Moore didn't knock it out of his hands. True story, go watch that game film. You'll fucking die when you see another receiver run into another receiver waiting for the football wide open. I had Jackson Smith and Jigba second. Rasheed Rice third. Quentin Johnston fourth. Jalen Hyatt fifth. Zay Flowers sixth. Josh Downs seventh. Jonathan Mingo eighth. Marvin Mims ninth. And Jordan Addison tenth. Hindsight, I'd move Addison up. But I like most of them. I, I, I think Hyatt can be something. I like Mingo. The one, obviously, is Quentin Johnson. But the thing is, you knew he was going to the first round. And when he teamed up with Justin Herbert, again, I did these rankings before I knew any of that. But that was a that was a great situation. Just can't catch a fucking football. 
Tight ends. Oof. This one I was bad at. Michael Mayer first. Luke Musgrave second. Dalton Kincaid third. Sam Laporta fourth. Darnell Washington fifth. Tucker Crafts, Zach Koontz, Josh Wiley, Brenton Strange. All right. Luke Schoonmaker. Not bad. So, yeah, I, you know, I want to live with those results. I like those results. Proud of those results, right? Speaking of results, let's get into week 13. Uh, best matchups. Remember, uh, under our data section, fantasyguru.com, smash reports. I give you the offensive line versus defensive line matchups. I give you the defensive line versus the offensive line matchup. I should say defensive front, not just the line because there's blitz packages, there's linebackers, there's 3-4, there's 4-3. There's a lot that goes into the defensive front, not just who the top, who the down linemen are, right? So that's an important distinction between what I do over at fantasyguru.com and what, let's say, PFF or uh, some of those type of companies do. Uh, the best matchups in the trenches uh, this week. Well, there's there's a lot to like. The Titans actually have a really good matchup, and I, I proclaim Derrick Henry done, and I really stand by it. It was a garbage effort. He had two touchdowns, but he was just shit. Now, he's got a great advantage against Indianapolis, again this week, but uh, number one is Kansas City against Green Bay, plus 50.52. Denver versus Houston, second, plus 40.00. Perfect, right on the nose. Detroit against New Orleans is a plus 38.7. Houston versus Denver on the other side, 30 plus 34.2. All those are uh, per the smash report over at fantasyguru.com. So those are the best matchups there in the passing department. Oh, shit, I almost knocked over my entire microphone. Did you guys just – I bet you my producer, Sean Engels, blew his ears out listening to that. Sorry, it's knocked my entire microphone. Nevertheless, at the, the passing matchup, it's the greatest matchup there's ever been this season for the Dolphins versus the Commanders. It's unbelievable. In DFS, you have to play Tyree Kill. You just have to pay it. I know it's extraordinary price. There's nothing you can do. It's too much. It's just too perfect. Colts versus the Titans, a good matchup under the radar one. Panthers versus Buccaneers, ugh. Ugh. John Mingo, though, not a bad little play. We just talked about him. If you want to balance out your DFS lineup with Tyreek with an ultra-cheap Mingo, it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea right there. Thursday night football, week number 13. Is it an unlucky one? We shall see. Seattle and Dallas. Seattle's just not that good. Right, I, I said it all year. I'm the one who was telling you, Geno Smith, that quarterback five bullshit was just out of bounds. All right, Dallas at home to an extra extra time to rest. I mean, this is just this is too fucking easy. To be quite honest with you, too fucking easy. So, in that regard, um. Primetime games have been playing way lower this season. You know, we know it's just been bad. So, like, like for me, a nice single-game parlay for Thursday Night Football. And, again, the betting bar has been beautiful over at FantasyGuru.com. I am uh, – I've been doing very, very well. Again, I mentioned 49 and 31, right, over my last three weeks. And, you know, just – 
it's it's been a lot better. So I'm feeling good. I think my baseline bet, what I call the meat of the betting bar, I'm absolutely taking Cowboys. I'll give five and a half against the Seahawks. Probably should give, I could give six and a half, but there's a nice jump here, at least as I'm recording this on the taking one less point. I think they'll win by 10. I think they'll cover the nine. They're nine point favorites as we speak. I think they'll cover that. I'll build a little bit of protection though. And I'm going to go under, I'm going to go under 54 points. Under 54 and a half. That's a dead even right now. Plus 101 on FanDuel Sportsbook is what that equates to. So Dallas minus uh, 5.5 under 54.5. And there you go. And then if you're a subscriber, fantasyguru.com, Kind of get that betting package. Get all of it. Hundred bucks. Rest of the season. I will have the other, the fixins, as I call it. You know, as I look at this game, the script obviously benefits the Cowboys. Obviously benefits probably the running game here. It's not easy to run against Seattle, but when you're hammering out the clock, makes a lot of sense. On the flip side, I think a player like DK Metcalf. You know, one of the things that goes under appreciated about DK Metcalf is that a ton of red zone touches and I should say touches the targets. The other thing is it's hard. The the Cowboys rely a lot on the pick sixes and the interceptions of takeaways. He bodies people. It's hard. You can't get in front of him. He's too strong. He will knock you down and disallow an interception. He helps Gino out in that regard. So I'll probably have something with DK Metcalf and an alt receiving line. And, you know, maybe we lower it for a CD lamb or something. And and that nice little fixings for our parlay over there. Again, fantasyguru.com, the place to be for that. Survivor picks. Are you still in? I'm out. I'm out. Circa, I'm out. I'm out. All my survivor picks gone. And the thing is, I would have been out even. I didn't even make it to Thanksgiving. And I kept the Lions around for Thanksgiving. And I would have been out anyway. If you're still in, you're looking at week number 13. Number one, congratulations. The obvious pick is Miami if you got it, right? Um, Dallas on Thursday, <laughs> you had to have used Dallas. I cannot. There's no fucking way you don't have Dallas. After playing the worst four teams in the league the, for, uh, over the last five weeks, I just don't believe you still have Dallas, right? I just don't believe it. Miami is my number one pick. I'll throw Dallas in as my number two really hard for the third pick. Do we trust the Chargers? Mm. Do we trust the Jaguars at home? Mm. I might go Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh against Arizona. Probably would do that. It's not going to be pretty. You're going to sweat it out, but Pittsburgh would be my under-the-radar selection. All right, folks. I'm over on time. Uh, The longer one here today. Hopefully you got something from it. Um, you know, checking in on these rookies, I think is an important thing to do and building our teams for the future and aligning ourselves in that capacity is is super duper important. Remember, ask me questions at Jeff underscore man's 
on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. FantasyGuru.com is the place to be. Elite Sports every weekday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on that network as well. Thanks to my producer, Sean Engel, always doing a tremendous job. Thank you to all of you for downloading, liking, favoriting, subscribing, commenting. Dude, all that stuff helps. I don't know what the algorithms say and do, but like that stuff helps bring eyeballs to the podcast. We're not getting paid for this. I don't make any money for this. This is a passion project. Occasionally we'll have sponsors. And when we do that, all goes to the staff over at fantasyguru.com. Um, so, you know, it, we do this because we love to do it and that kind of stuff, like just downloading it. Right. Honestly, even if you don't fucking listen, if you're like, yeah, fuck it. Jeff Mans drives me crazy. I'll listen occasionally, but just keep downloading that. It's actually a big help, and it's much appreciated uh, for everybody out there because that uh, means more people like it, and hopefully you liked this one. All right, folks. Uh, episode 184 in the bag. Checked in with some NFL rookies here this week. You may disagree with some or every damn thing that you heard on this program, and folks, that's perfectly all right. Don't be a baby. Don't be a crybaby pussy baby. Just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuce! <laughs>